0: Welcome back, and you got to hear this. Meanwhile, on Planet Earth, on Radio Row at the Super Bowl, Royals first baseman Vinny Pasquantino told Buster only his teammate Michael Massey's most starstruck moment. At Radio Row, tell me like a fan moment for you when you saw somebody, you're like, oh my God, there's so-and-so.
1: So it's really funny that the biggest one that we had was when Dan Graziano walked by. Uh, Michael Massey, I guess, like every morning, watches uh, Get Up and First Take, and he's always on those shows. So he, for him, he we were in the middle of doing an interview, and he just stopped talking. It was just like that's Dan Graziano right there. So for us, like that was that was the one, which was really funny. <laughs>
2: that's me every that's morning, right.
1: man. That's me
3: every, every morning. morning.
2: You know, Dan, man. what do you think? Walking around like a walking around like a celebrity on Radio Row. Who would have thunk it? Just a Look humble you, baseball writer from. Central New Jersey. All, all I got to say is everybody a Super Bowl be a Radio microphone. <laughs> <laughs> what can I tell you?
0: Well, let me just say, thank goodness we have the superstar Dane Graziano on the show. Now we are all complete. Welcome back to Get Up. We're coming to you live from the seaport, brought to you by Patrone. We've got Patron starts with perfection, and perfection starts with Patron, I should say. We're going to talk football with superstar Dan, Harry, and Barton in just a second. But first, let's go to the NBA, and we're going to start with the game of the night. LeBron is back, and his new-look Lakers were hosting the Pelicans. Take a look at this. LeBron and crew going off early. D'Angelo Russell making his home debut with stuff like that. Alley-oop to LeBron. Lakers up three in the third. Shortly after, they're up Seven. D'Angelo Russell to LeBron, lays it in. Russell, seven assists in this one. Two-man game working. They're up nine. couple minutes later, Russell moves quick. Give it to AD. Almost lost it. Recovers and puts it in. Lakers lead up to six. And then Russell. What did we talk about with LeBron needing shooters? Nails it right there. Had 21 points, three three three-pointers. They extend their lead to 12. And then watch LeBron. He misses the three, but gets his own board, nice spin move, put it in to Mo Bamba, the one-handed slam, Lakers up 13, fourth quarter, LeBron doing LeBron things, cut to the rim, get it in, and the foul, the Lakers get the big win, 120-102, and LeBron, here he is.
4: We got a lot of work to do still, um, you know, and you know, every game is going to be tough for us, especially going on the stretch, we know on the type of, uh, knowing the type of push that we need to make, you know, so, um, you know, I want the guys to, to enjoy the break, but don't get 100% detached because, um, you know, we want to come back and try to keep this thing going. I feel really good about what we have brewing, but, you know, it's going to take a lot of commitment from us going down the stretch, so I uh, look forward to that.
0: Can they keep this thing going? The Lakers are going to be 13th in the West entering the All Star break, but there's still a realistic path to the playoffs as they're only three and a half games back of the sixth seed. Now, ESPN Analytics has the Lakers. With the third easiest remaining schedule, but right out of the break, they have to play the Warriors, the Mavericks, and the Grizzlies. So let's welcome back in Vince Carter and Brian Widow with us. So, Wendy, you described yesterday's game a couple days ago as must win for the Lakers. They won. So what's your reaction to that performance against New Orleans?
3: Yeah, you know, when you look at it, Ryan, they had pretty much their new starting lineup last night, and their new starting lineup was LeBron and AD and three new players that they got a week ago. That is not typically the recipe for a team where things are going well when you trade out 60% of your starting lineup 50 games into the season. But okay, this is what they have. They are definitely a more athletic team. They are definitely a better shooting team, although they didn't shoot the ball that well last night. They can play much better than this than they did on offense, I believe. So it is all there for them. They still have the time to do it. What I will say is this, two things. One, you mentioned that they do have one of the easier schedules. But two of the teams in front of them, frankly, two of the teams they (coughs) must pass Oklahoma City and New Orleans have equally as easy schedule. So the Lakers still don't have much of a margin for error. And secondly, the health of LeBron James' foot. You obviously saw how much more dynamic they were with him at the centerpiece last night, putting up 120 points on New Orleans. They need him to stay healthy, and they need him to to be able to maintain that and not miss groups of games. That's almost as important as anything else they got going.
0: Okay, so Vince, you look at this situation, this win last night, what's your single biggest takeaway from it?
4: that LeBron does not have to do as much now. And it kind of plays off of what Wendy just said, is now you have D'Angelo Russell who can get you a bucket. He can organize a team. Uh, You have Rui Hachimura who can get a bucket. You have guys now, you have young athletic pieces that play hard. You can rebound. You have more shot blocking now. Now you just have to keep LeBron and AD healthy for the stretch because when you make that run, You're going to need those guys, and if you can have a healthy LeBron James first and foremost, uh, well as well as AD going down the stretch, you give yourself a chance.
0: Yeah, it's big if though. Got to keep them healthy. Wendy also talking about the foot. I mean, it's it's a big if, but if they can, they might make a run. Meanwhile, I had to play, had to talk to you guys about this. Pat Bev, obviously friend of the show, traded away from the Lakers at the deadline. On his podcast, he had some thoughts about the Lakers and their struggles, and here's what he said: It wasn't basketball. It wasn't basketball. It was other blank, but other blank that you really can't pin out or point out. You know, comes and goes, you know, a little bit
3: here, a little bit there. Wendy, what's your reaction? Well, I would say that I can't speak exactly what he's talking about there. I wasn't in that locker room, but I can also tell you it was the basketball. This team was – the reason they were in the spot that they were in was that this roster was, was poorly constructed, that didn't have shooters and that didn't have athleticism. And you know, I do think that when you have a guy like Russell Westbrook who was on the last year of his contract, and a guy like Patrick Beverly, who was on the last year of his contract, who were all focused on where, where they were going next year in the league, whether that was going to be staying in Los Angeles or elsewhere, they were on the trade block and off, that probably contributed to destabilizing. I will also tell you that there was no doubt that there were chemistry issues within that locker room. I don't think that uh, is, is, you know, is really that much of a thing to say. But the reason that they were struggling, the reason that they've been in 13th place is because of the structure of the team, which has now been radically changed.
4: Yeah. Vince, what do you think? I I mean, I I, I agree with what Wendy said. I just think a lot of the outside stuff, the other stuff off the court spilled on to the court as well. Guys not happy, guys not getting along, you know, going their separate ways. All of that stuff is important. And there's a lot that comes with playing with the Lakers in general. There's a lot that comes with playing with LeBron James and the pressures of Uh, of of just winning and and making it to the championship. And Pat Bev is a guy that just wants to win, and the outside stuff doesn't really matter to him, and it carries over. There's going to be issues. All right. You know, it's the age-old
0: story. When you win, everything's great. When not, there's a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And it sounds like that's a little bit of what Pat Bev was talking about. All right, guys, we'll talk basketball a little bit more in a moment. Thanks so much. Now let's move on to football where the quarterback carousel. Man, it is spinning. As we await Aaron Rodgers' decision on his future, the Derek Carr sweepstakes is already underway. He was released by the Raiders on Tuesday. And he's now free to sign with another team. Now, our Jeff Darlington says Carr should wait to make a decision.
2: I don't think Derek Carr can wait this thing out. His best leverage is right now. Aaron Rodgers will get whatever he wants when we realize that he can be traded. Okay, Derek Carr right now, his best leverage is this moment. In this instant, because the second the Packers decide that Aaron Rodgers is not going to be in their future, it is going to be an all-out bidding war because that is by far the biggest splash of all. So I say if you're Derek Carr, you find your seat in this game of musical chairs, and you take it. Okay. All right. So, Dan, what do you think? Well, I see it a little differently just because the number of chairs, right? Like in the game of musical chairs, there's so many teams looking for quarterback. You have the entire NFC South. All four teams need a quarterback. And you know the Packers don't want to trade Aaron Rodgers in the NFC. So if I'm Derek Carr, I have the luxury of time. I can wait out the Aaron Rodgers darkness retreat and see what comes out of that and who's interested. And, and any team that's interested in Rodgers that has me as a fallback, uh, I want to keep them on the hook as long as I possibly can because, you know, only one team is going to get Rodgers, possibly no teams, Uh, are going to get Rodgers. That's still a possibility as well. So if I'm Derek Carr, I want to keep that field as broad as possible for this entire extra month of free agency that I have as a result of being released in February.
0: Okay, so time time for today's required reading. Let's get into this a little bit because it relates to the same issue. Antoine Staley of the New York Daily News writes, no matter what, Woody Johnson told reporters the pressure is on Salah and Douglas to make the playoffs. And the longest postseason drought in the NFL. If they can sign Carr, a proven commodity in the league, they have to go for it, even if it means missing out on Rodgers. Okay, so Bart Scott. Look at Bart's face, by the way. Come on, son. Just... <laughs> Look at that. that. Come on. <laughs> is,
1: that, is that how far we've come in New York, man? We, we, we go for the safe bet. Or are we swinging big, man? This is the team that brought over Brett Favor, Correct. <laughs> Like, come on, man. Like, listen, it's a, it's a Derek Carr equivalent out there. I mean, I understand Derek Carr may be the best of the others, but if I'm swinging, I'm swinging for the fences. Like, so like, put the pressure. I mean, you, you, you hired this damn favorite guy, Nathaniel Hackett, right? And I don't see him really going to, to the Raiders because I don't think Aaron Rodgers is the type of guy that's going to follow a guy that broke up with him. Remember, Devontae Adams said, I want to go play with my best friend. His best friend got fired. So you have to live in that decision. I'm not about to come and, and come thirst trap chase you, Devontae Adams, after you broke up with me. I get all that. So I don't think the Raiders is as big of a, a shot as people think. Because I think, you know, when you talk about, you know, alpha males, I don't see Aaron Rodgers saying, I'm going to follow you after you broke up with me and in the, in the Green Bay Packers, offer you the same amount of money. So, I mean, if I'm the Jets, I'm going swing. I'm swinging big. And at the end of the day, if you can't get Aaron Rodgers, you still have other options. I I still believe that Justin Fields could be an option, Mm. right? I still believe that, you know, getting Jimmy G, even though he can't stay healthy, could be an option. And I don't think it's a big fall off if if the worst person you get is Ryan Tannehill. So I'm going to go for the apex uh, predator, the best, you know, that's available. And then I'll figure it out, you know, what my contingency plan is after that.
0: But even if he is available, you still got to give up draft compensation to possibly get him. There's a lot more to come I don't care. Rodgers, What's, but, and you might not get him but, 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 but,
1: but here's the thing, right? If the Jets have Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. and they can't make the deal to after June, um, after June then that means they're going to get to use their 13th pick. If you have Aaron Rodgers with the roster that the Jets had last year, and Brees Hall coming back, Beer Tucker coming back, what pick do you think that's going to be? I'll give up the 23rd pick for A.A. Ron? Like, what are we talking about? The pick ain't until next year. So, I'll give up 2024, which hopefully I'm in the playoffs. Hopefully, I'm in the AFC Championship. Hopefully, I'm in the divisional round. I'll give you 24. Who cares?
0: All right. All right. So, Harry, what do you think? One year maybe less? You don't know what you're getting with Aaron Rodgers in terms of term or longer term with Derek yeah. Carr? Well, see, I, I just think it, for the Jets as
5: an organization, I think it would be irresponsible if they don't try to weigh all their options. I don't think they could just sit back and say we're waiting on Aaron Rodgers. There's a possibility he may still be in Green Bay. There's a possibility Aaron Rodgers may retire. There's a possibility that Aaron Rodgers may not want to go to the Jets. I think that's the best situation for him, but those are all possibilities. Derek Carr right now, hit the market earlier before free agency, and that's a luxury that he's able to have. So if you're the Jets, you I'm not putting all my – my grandmother told me this when I went to college. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Make sure you enjoy yourself. Well, Grandma, I enjoyed myself in college, you know, and I have a beautiful wife now. You see what I'm saying? So <laughs> if, if I'm the Jets, I'm not just putting everything, all my eggs in one basket. I'm not, I'm not doing that.
1: <laughs> What's wrong? I'm I'm confused, but I ain't gonna touch that. It was just <laughs> Valentine's Day. I ain't trying to create no heat in the in, in the Doogie. In the, in I'm What's saying no, uh, I no. I ain't wa- know my wife.
5: In, I ain't know my wife in college. I didn't know my wife oh. in college.
1: I ain't know my wife oh, in yeah. college. Okay, so yeah. so you got it now. But but but, but 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 what I'm saying is they still they still have other opportunities, right? That you still have contingency plans, but you're gonna know when he comes out of this cabin what he wants to do, and then you know what Green Bay is going to do well before you have to make the decision. You know how these deals get made. These deals get made far before they actually sign on the dotted line, do we? Don't act like you wasn't tampered with and got that badge from Tennessee far before you knew it and far before it was
0: legal. It's okay. It's past the limitations. Seven years you can't get charged for the same crime. All right. We'll wait until Aaron Rodgers sees the light. We'll come back to this in a (laughs) little bit. But first, talking about a guy who might get paid coming up, didn't win the Super Bowl, but Jalen Hurts could win the offseason Shefty has the numbers that many are have many wondering if the Eagles miss their best chance to win a title plus did you hear what our Todd McShay said the Bears should do with the number one pick you will and it's got our analysts fired up we're going to discuss that next on get up
6: for a limited time only at dell.com slash deals that's dell.com slash deals passion drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply.
1: All the the non believers. How did that all the non believers?
4: I can't wait. I can't wait till the day I make it. I can't
1: wait. We're a good football team. They can't stop a nosebleed. Congratulations. See
0: you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Bart Scott is with us. So. First can't of the year, wait. baby. First of the year. I love it. I love
1: it. What are the three things you can't wait for this offseason? I mean, listen, it's what everybody can't wait for, and that's Aaron Rodgers. We want to see once he comes out of the cabin, I'm going to harness my inner Dave Bautista with his new movie, Knock on the Cabin, because I might have to say, Aaron, I need to an answer before that, man. Because you talk about Aaron Rodgers being in the darkness. Maybe he comes out like Ben Diesel, chronicles a Riddick, and he comes back and he sees the Jets as a, as a new destination, a new challenge, but everybody is waiting to see see if a a ron is going to be a green bay packer in the future if not all bets are off for anybody who doesn't have a quarterback who you got next oh man this is this is a tear in my eye man sexy rexy listen we all know teachers gonna teach and i know he loves doing television but at the end of the day he's a football guy and he likes to do football things Listen, you talk about a guy that was a head coach and a coordinator for 12 seasons. His defense has finished in the top 10 nine times. And I know I'm not even going to count how many times they finished first. That will be lethal. If you're going to see what, what Patrick Mahomes is and the fact that he said he's going to terrorize that division, you need a Rex Ryan in your life to have a shot.
0: Okay, and what about the Bears? What do they do with the top 10?
1: And listen, this is this is a real decision. You talk about the the young general manager Ryan Poles. He said he would have to be blown away. Well, guess what? The Underwear Olympics is right around the corner. Pro Day with the Thor to Pro Day is right around the corner. Will you blow guys away? And will Bryce Young be the first pick? And will they use? You know, Justin Fields as an opportunity to get more depth and get more draft picks. I can't wait to see it, how this thing is going to play out. Somebody in some underwear or jockstrap is going to go out there and make a great throw <laughs> and, uh, and, and with no pressure on him and we're going to lose our damn mind. It happens every single year. I can't wait to see it.
0: <laughs> and meanwhile, you talk about the Bears, man. They are in the catbird seat, could get a ton of picks if they trade fields. They got the number one pick in the draft. And by the way, Did you hear what our Todd McShay had to say about Alabama quarterback Bryce Young? Hmm. Take a listen to this. I think he's a smaller version of Patrick Mahomes. The presence he has in the pocket, the ability to feel pressure coming, the ability to to see the whole field and make all the throws with really good touch and timing. He's different than all these other guys. Personally, I would take Bryce Young if I was Chicago. I would do it. Because I would want Bryce Young because I think he's an upgrade over Justin Fields. And I want his rookie contract so I have five years. But I don't think they're going to wind up making that decision. Okay, interesting point. Dan, what do you think? Should the Bears trade, draft Bryce Young and trade Justin Fields?
2: I'm on the side of no. Though I, I do see the logic, right? like If you think Bryce Young is better and you're going to get the first two years of his rookie contract, I and mean, you've already spent the first two years of Justin Fields' contract. I can understand that thinking, but I think there's more to it than than the math, and I think you have to really assess, if you're the Bears, what Justin Fields currently is to your locker room, to your fan base. And he did star-quality things on the field last year. There is evidence in Philadelphia of the ability of a player to improve the parts of his game uh, they, that he needs to improve from year two to year three. I, I think you have to be really sure that Young is an upgrade, and you have to be pretty sure that Justin Fields isn't going to go be a star somewhere else while Bryce Young struggles to adapt to the league if you're going to make that move running a franchise that has been looking for a franchise quarterback for uh, ever. Uh, the last I checked so I I think it's a tough it's a tougher call than just saying Bryce Young is better and you get the rookie contract I think there are things about Justin Fields that you have to weigh if you're going to make a move like this
0: Harry it's a great point how many times have we seen quarterbacks fail not hit in that first round with that top pick what do you do in a situation like this
5: for me if I'm the Chicago Bears, I'm sticking with Justin Fields as my starting quarterback. You're talking about a guy who just rushed for 1100 yards in a season of eight touchdowns. So now he brings another dimension to your offense and forces defensive coordinators to stay up all night on how to defend the Chicago Bears. I also would love to see Justin Fields when he has a decent offensive line and he's not running for his life all day long in the pocket. I also want to see Justin Fields when he has skill position players like we've seen a Josh Allen have, like we've seen a Jalen Hurts have this past year. Also When you talk about this coaching staff, are they the guys that's going to be able to develop Justin Fields and helping him become a better passer? All those questions uh, could be had, but I'm sticking with Justin Fields. I think he's a difference maker. talk about a guy that's 6'2", 6'3", 225 plus, and we've seen Justin Fields take the beating. We don't know if Bryce Young can take that beating in the NFL just yet.
0: It's a good point. And by the way, what we put up on the screen – Look at the receiving yards by Bears wide receivers and the touchdowns. I mean, these are the skilled players, the weapons he has right now, Justin Fields. So
1: that's the question, right? You ask the organization, do you have the time to put the pieces? Like, you don't just get a great offensive line, great receiving core, great running backs, great tight ends overnight. It takes time, and that's something that they don't have with Justin Fields. So while you're waiting for all those pieces and for the pieces of the puzzle to come to put a great roster around him, well, he survive? Yes, he ran the ball for 1,100 yards, but he missed a lot of games because his body couldn't take the beating, right? You talk about mobile quarterbacks and Josh Allen. Josh Allen's bigger than everybody, mm-hmm. right? You talk about a Lamar Jackson. He don't get hit. He's so fast that people just hope, just hope that they can get him on the ground. Justin Fields took some punishing hits, and his body didn't hold up. That is not a recipe for longevity in his league, so will they be able to put the pieces around him so that he can last long enough to take advantage of it?
0: Yeah, but then, Graz, would Bryce Young be able to survive with these pieces?
2: Right. And the questions about Bryce Young are about his size. Everybody loves the way he plays the quarterback position, the way he throws the ball. All that stuff McShay said is what you hear. If, if, if this young man were three inches taller, right, there would be no question about it. There would be people scrambling all over the place to try and get up to that number one pick and get him, and there may still. But there are questions about the size. Look, it's a legitimate debate. McShay's point is, is, is worthy, and it's a, it's a dilemma for the Bears that they have to figure out.
0: Yeah, Dilemma. We'll see how they solve it and try to figure that one out. Now, coming up, more on quarterbacks. Tick-tock on Lamar and the Ravens. Very important clock's about to begin that could change everything in Baltimore. We're talking about it straight ahead. Plus, can the marriage between Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic actually work? We're going to ask Vince Carter about that and a lot more in the Texas Two-Step. When we come back, we'll get up Back with you on Get Up, and let's run the floor. LeBron James had 21 points in his first game since becoming the NBA's career scoring leader as the new-look Lakers beat the Pelicans 120-102. LA's new point guard D'Angelo Russell added 21 points and 7 assists. Great debut for him. And in Philly, Joel Embiid at 29 points, including the 10,000th of his career as the Sixers held on to beat the Cavs 118-112. James Harden added 19 points and 12 assists. Don't look now, but the Sixers have won four straight. And in Brooklyn, in its third game since arriving in the Kevin Durant trade, Mikhail Bridges had an electrifying scoring stretch. Bridges scored 15 points in a row in the fourth quarter, finished with a career-high 45 as the Nets beat the Heat 116-105. And in Denver, Kyrie Irving set out because of th- tightness in his lower back. Luka Doncic led the way for the Mavs with 37 points, but it wasn't enough. Nikola Jokic had another triple-double, as Denver beat Dallas 118-109. to So let's bring back in Vince Carter and Brian Windhorst. Wendy, Dallas lost to Denver last night without Kyrie in the lineup. How fast
3: do he and Luka need to really click to maximize this window? Yeah, so it really depends on the window, Ryan, because I really think that this team is going to need to add some pieces beyond this season. So what they really need to do between now and the end of the year is show progress and promise together. This is not going to be... best version of their team. They don't have the defensive players, but they do have good young players and they still have more draft picks. This team is definitely upwardly mobile. There's just this layer of pressure that sits on them because of Kyrie Irving's contract status. And Kyrie came out earlier this week and said, don't ask me about my future, which I actually think was a responsible thing for him to say. But they do need to have, after the break, A good few months so that they can build on it. And I will say this, they have a favorable schedule coming out of the break. I do expect them to do that. I do not expect them to be a serious contender this year, but they could be a threat, and that might be enough. It's interesting that you say you don't expect them to be a
0: serious contender. And I know Kyrie kind of came out and made the point of, hey, let's focus on the team, not on my contract, please, reporters, this season, to try to stem that part of it. But Vince, you look at this team. They made the conference finals last year. Kyrie could walk. So, is it conference finals or bust for them this year?
4: I'm with Wendy. I don't think they have enough. I, th- I think they got rid of some key pieces that they're going to need. Uh, that you know, like I think Dorian Finney-Smith is a huge lo- loss for them. Obviously, Jalen Brunson prior to that. So, uh, I, I mean, I, I think they need to gel quickly. I think. They they will gel quickly. It seems like Kyrie is willing and wanting to do so. But I just don't think they have enough to really to make it to a conference finals. You look at the dynamics of the two, and then you look at what Denver has. You look at what Phoenix now has. Like it's it's tough to, to to out one of those teams to, to be in the conference finals. Demonte. Yeah,
0: and you know they it, it's tough for them because they kind of overperformed in many people's eyes last year. And now I'm sure some fans are out there saying, hey, well, they got to do it this year. Now they got Kyrie. But, Wendy, you make a great point. They still need some pieces on that team. Now let's talk about the Eastern Conference and the Sixers. And they led by as many as 28 points and an impressive win over Cleveland last night. You see where they are heading into the break. Three games back of the top spot. Wendy, do you view Philly as a legit threat to win the East?
3: I do, and I will say this. They started the season off 12-12, and Ryan, um, and they had injuries to James Harden and Tyrese Maxey. Since that 12-12 start, they're 26-7. And when you watch this team play when they're at full power, and last night they came out of the gates trying to send a message to the team that was on their heels in the standings. They are as good as anybody. And and if you look at the dynamics of the Eastern Conference over the last decade, a team of this magnitude would probably be the overwhelming favorite to win the East in most, if not almost all, of those years. But this year there happen to be two other teams that are very, very potent. And so one of the things that we're seeing develop in the Eastern Conference right now is somebody is going to be disappointed. Somebody is not making the conference finals between Philly, Milwaukee, and Boston. And that team is going to feel really let down because this team is very good. And James Harden, eight assists in the first quarter last night, full power, is a reminder of how fierce he can be in a combination with James Harden. With, yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, you make a great point.
0: And, and, you know, we're seeing the fruits of James Harden giving up a little bit of money, bringing in those extra pieces. This team really seems to be clicking. Vince, what do you need to see from Philly down the stretch to believe that they can crash that Celtics-Bucks party?
4: you have to close games better you can't be up 28 points and only win by six when you talk about a team mm-hmm. like wendy said or the cleveland cavaliers that are on your heel when you have a team like this that is very capable they're on the cusp now is the time to prepare for how things are or will be in the playoffs on how to win in the playoffs and it, 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 i think of 76ers versus the Hawks not being able to close them out not be able to close games allowing the Hawks to get back into it eventually losing the series for a lot of reasons and those are the things that should be on their mind that should be on Joel Embiid's mind and uh, just being able to close out when you're blowing teams out 28 points blow them out leave no doubt that you're not coming back you can't come back you know because those type of wins matter in the playoffs
0: yeah, they've lost more than a few games this season. Just they build up a lead, they give it back, and it becomes tough for them. We'll see if they can start doing that as the season starts to wind down. Guys, thank you so much. Appreciate it. We're gonna turn to football now with in Baltimore where the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, man, they gotta figure this thing out. They're set to embark on an offseason for all the marbles. Franchise tag window opens up on Tuesday, and the Ravens are expected to tag Jackson while the two sides continue to work out a long-term contract. So, Dan Graziano, lay all this out for us, the particulars of Lamar Jackson's situation and the timeline.
2: The last two off-seasons they've discussed a contract extension but have not reached one. The issue last year was Lamar Jackson, in the wake of Deshaun Watson's fully guaranteed contract with the Browns, wanted a fully guaranteed contract from the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens were not willing to give him a fully guaranteed contract because they just they believe the Browns shouldn't have done that with Watson and that it's a bad road for the teams in the league to go down. So there's a philosophical divide. They'll talk again if they haven't already, uh, but if they do not reach a deal before March 7th, the Ravens will almost certainly put the franchise tag on Lamar Jackson. Uh, and then they'll continue to work on a long-term deal. At that point, they would have until July 15th to work out a long-term deal, or else they wouldn't be allowed to do so until after the season. Now, if all of this comes to pass, the question becomes, how much, if any, of the off-season program does Lamar Jackson show up for? Does he skip OTAs? Uh, does he skip mini-camp? Does he skip parts of training camp if he doesn't have a deal? Only he can answer that. Worth noting, though, the Baltimore Ravens just hired a new offensive coordinator, and they're installing a new offensive system. So if you're Lamar Jackson, that's some leverage, right? Hey, Ravens, you want me there to learn and help install this new offensive system, so let's get a deal done. So a lot of layers to this. Uh, I think there's a consensus around the league that at some point something will get done, but that was true last year, too, and it didn't.
0: Yeah, great point there. And I want to talk about that new O.C., Todd Monken, in just a second. But first, Bart, to you, what do you think about Lamar Jackson? Should he step foot on a football field next season on the franchise tag. No, I mean, I thought he showed you
1: know, good professionalism. I thought you know, you know a lot of people thought he shouldn't have stepped on the field last year. He came out and got hurt and diminished his value because he didn't have the MVP caliber season. Even though he had the team number one in a division that had the you know, AFC representative in the Super Bowl, Cincinnati Bengals, at the time of Lamar's injury, they were number one, not the Bengals. You know, so he showed what he was worth, but now they can use that caveat that you can't stay healthy. Now we've seen Dak Prescott after a gruesome injury still get his money. But here's the good thing, right? The Ravens know how much he wanted guaranteed or he was comfortable with, you know, guaranteed. They couldn't come up with it. But the thing is, whatever it was last year, that may be the norm or discount now with where the quarterback market is about to go. So they can say, hey, well, last year you wanted this, you know, guarantees, and now this is the norm. It's a discount for us. We'll give you that, and maybe they can come together on a long-term contract. You know, I think they should just give them a 10-year contract so that they can make him the highest pay, give him the guarantee, but much like Patrick Mahomes, be able to have flexibility to still surrounded with great talent.
0: Yeah, and you look at the cop quarterback money right now, these guarantees, look at all that money they would have to come up with in a guaranteed fashion. Harry, you were shaking your head. Tell us.
5: Yeah, I don't think Lamar Jackson should set foot on the football field, honestly. Um, he did that a year ago. He bet on himself. He got hurt. And we got to remember now, Lamar Jackson got hurt in the pocket. It's not like he got hurt scrambling on the sidelines and took a vicious hit. He got hurt within the pocket. So I, I want to make sure that notion is 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 detached from Lamar Jackson moving forward. I just think a guy like him, of his caliber, he means everything to that organization. He hasn't done anything off the field to tarnish his name or tarnish the team's name. And I think everyone rallies around him. And just look at that playoff game against the Cincinnati Bengals and what everybody kept saying after that game. If Lamar Jackson was out there on the football field, they would have won that game. And I think they would have won it decisively. So he's everything that you want. But they brought in a new offensive coordinator. And Lamar Jackson not being able to be out there, I think it's going to you know, put things in a little bit of rush for, for the Baltimore Ravens.
0: Yeah, how do you read into the Todd Munkin hiring?
1: I, I think they identified that. Listen, it was great that they had the most complicated run game in all of football, but they also made sure that you know, receivers didn't want to come there. They had Hollywood Brown. And he wasn't comfortable playing that offense. They tried to go out there, you know, priority free agents, and they couldn't get him there. Now with a guy like Todd Munkin, listen, we've all been waiting for Lamar Jackson to get the same treatment that Joe Burrow got. Get the same treatment that Josh Allen got. Get the same treatment that Jalen Hurts got. This guy has carried guys that weren't top 20 receivers in his league and became an MVP. What can he do if you make the trade for DeAndre Hopkins? What can you do if Bateman can stay healthy? We want to see what the ceiling is for Lamar Jackson. If you give him weapons, if you give him dudes, Because the only dude that he had consistently was Mark Andrews, and that's a tight end. What can Lamar Jackson do if you surround him with the weapons that Philadelphia has or the weapons that the Cincinnati Bengals have or what Josh Allen has? I think he may be the most dynamic player here, but he can't display that because he doesn't have the resources on the offensive side of the ball that all these other guys that we consider franchise quarterbacks to have.
0: Okay, Dan, real quick, could this end up being the Munkin hiring? You mentioned that it could be leverage for Lamar. Could it end up being an enticement, though? Hey, we can give you what you've always wanted.
2: Yeah, sure. I think Lamar Jackson perceives himself as capable of more than was being asked of him in Greg Roman's offense in terms of his ability as a thrower, and Todd Munkin brought in to ostensibly improve the passing game, maybe install some new concepts that haven't been tried before there since Lamar got there. I would think it would be an exciting idea for Lamar if they can get the deal done. Uh, This is the kind of thing he's been looking for in terms of opportunity.
0: Okay, so this could end up being very interesting in how this plays out. We shall see. Thank you, guys. All right, so meanwhile on planet Earth, you know, we talked about Patrick Mahomes' underwear a little earlier. Let's just keep it in the toilet. Fans continue to root on the Chiefs, even – when Mahomes is in the porta potty, he comes out and they start cheering him. Can the man get some privacy, fellas? Harry, what do you think? Did he wash his hands? And you have Th- a porta that's potty. That's my thing, that's Bart. My they they, they dapping him up over there
5: inside that porta potty.
0: Uh,
5: I don't know <laughs> <laughs> about that's that. Sanitizer, they but he not want to
1: touch Patrick Mahomes. Straight <laughs> <laughs> to the high five. No, Dan, I see you shrieking.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't porta potties. That's. That's not, that's not morning TV stuff. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't approve of this segment. <laughs> that's a Petri dish of uh-oh. And,
0: and if you're a Chiefs fan, I wonder if he comes up stepping out his nah. hand. Are you like, nah. hi, Patrick. Nah, nah. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you Appreciate might pass him, out. Thanks for the Super Bowl. All right, well, coming up, this could hurt. Jalen's about to get paid, and Shefty's got the numbers. What would that mean for the Eagles' Super Bowl chances next season? Have they lost their best chance to win it all? We'll talk about that when we come back. And But in the meantime let get a little Sneaky Hembo time in. This one for Dan Graziano. Who was the last MVP runner-up to lose the Super Bowl? Hmm. Look at him. Can you hear the wheels turning? Oh, this is going to be good. We'll be right back.
2: Go to shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com/network.
4: All
0: right, well, back with a little sneaky hembo time. This one for Dan Graziano. Who was the last MVP runner-up to lose the Super Bowl?
2: I have no idea. Like, who, who pays attention to MVP runner-up? Like, is that a thing that I'm supposed to have committed to memory? A list of MVP runners-up? Yes, I don't know. That's I'm a runner-up today. That's want, I'm, gonna, yes. I'm gonna make a guess. I'm gonna make a guess. Just, I'm gonna pick a random name. It's a complete guess. A guy that always used to finish in the top, you know, couple of MVP. I'm gonna just get a guess. Brett Favre. And I have no idea. No idea at all. And you would be incorrect. It's Marshall yeah, Falk in
0: 2001. How could you not know that? I, I...
2: Yeah, right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I forgot who was MVP runner-up in 2001. <laughs> That's a thing everyone should know. <laughs>
0: it's palpable. <laughs> I can uh, feel it. Oh, my goodness. Weak. All right. So it's it still has the edge for seven to 7-4. So there's that. <laughs> no, so That was cheap. That was cheap, Embo. A yeah. Yeah, little, little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Still, up. now I'm going to have to start remembering all the MVP runner-ups. So we'll see how that plays out. All right. right. So let's play a little game of right or wrong, shall we? And it's no. It's not just that Hembo was wrong though. put up that tough question. All right, Harry, will we see another Chiefs Super Bowl parade next season, right or wrong? Ooh wrong and I'm nervous saying that because I don't want to be a
5: meme like my boy Bart Scott was this year for the Kansas City Chiefs. but Hate I her. think there's so many I think there's so many teams out there you look at the Bills you look at the the uh, Bengals you also look at the 49ers I think they will win another one within the next three years but I
0: don't think it'll be next year oh Travis Kelsey you got another doubter all right Bart Scott Aaron Rodgers to the Jets makes them a Super Bowl contender, right or wrong? Yeah, yeah, and if they get
1: AA a they will be the Super Bowl champs. I'm just playing. I ain't going Whoa. to. Whoa! Hey, hey, Let's hey. clip that. No, but, no, no, hey, hey, I was just playing. Yo, know, but listen, I think uh, Aaron Rodgers, listen, much like the Denver Broncos, if their quarterback would have scored or their offense would have scored 18 points, that, t- that makes them 11, you know, it gives them 11 wins, right? So that's just the difference of a guy like Aaron Rodgers, you would think it's, it's his war. If we were talking about baseball, it would be plus seven. Mm-hmm. If they get AA rhymed, in some of those games they lost, they win. Okay. And, and that puts them in the playoffs.
0: We're going to go ahead and clip that and then just use it all season if he goes to the Jets. The Eagles wrong. will win the NFC East again next season, right or wrong, Dan? Sorry,
2: I'm so I'm still reeling from Bart using war uh, in his argument. Look, look <laughs> it's wrong. Everybody knows. Aww. You can't win the NFC East two seasons in a row. It's been 18 years since that happened. It's not a coincidence. There are weird, dark forces at work that continue to push this streak forward. You guys just continue to ask me this because you know the Eagle fans are going to get mad at me, putting me in yeah. a bad spot. Fact clip is, too. no back-to-back champions in the NFC East. It won't happen. All right, those
0: weird, dark forces at play. We
1: just sacrificial lambs for ESPN. They they get out out there, make us make, clip us and they put us out there. We got to deal with
0: the consequences and repercussions. Yeah, no, no, that's that's (laughs) what we have the editing team for. That's how it works. All right, so we'll get on that. In the meantime, let's get on this. To get back to the Eagles, they've got to address the contract of Jalen Hurts. Big one, too. On Wednesday on NFL Live, Adam Schefter had this to say about the quarterback's potentially big payday.
6: It would be an upset if that deal did not get done this offseason. All those free agents that you see out there are going to be more difficult to afford once Jalen Hurts gets north of $45 million. To me, that's the starting point. And it may not even be close to the ultimate figure of where it ultimately comes in.
0: Wow. 45 mil as a starting point. Harry, what do you think? Is he worth it?
5: Yes, he is. And I'm going to look at the Super Bowl. Y'all. The two best throws I thought he made was that one on that corner route to Dallas Goddard um, in in the hole of the cover two corner, sinking back, and also the safety coming over. Also, I love the ball that he threw on the pylon route to A.J. Brown for a touchdown. You talk about a guy who's the leader of your franchise, the leader of your team, embodies the city of Philadelphia, I think, better than anyone. So, yes, you pay that guy
0: and you give him what he wants. All right, so you got to pay when him, Dan Graziano. There's a lot of other guys you can't pay. And let's take a look at the Eagles free agents because they got a lot of them, like maybe 15, 20, 20 of them. 20, 20. I, I, you know, you pay him, and, and look at the names here. These guys are stars. Fletcher Cox, Kelsey, you're talking about, Miles Sanders, Gardner Johnson. I, I mean, just a cavalcade of stars here. So, so. In terms of their effect on this team, and they, the fact that they got them to the Super Bowl, so you pay Jalen Hurts, you missed your best chance to reach the Super Bowl again, Dan.
2: Well, I don't think that's. I mean, look, the Eagles are, are a well-run organization that, that knows all of this. Like, they're not watching get up this morning, going, "Oh no, uh, they're right. We're not going to be able to sign these." Like, they've been they've been planning for this, right? Like, if you if you have defensive tackles, they're going to hit free agency. You're not sure you're going to retain them well. They drafted Jordan Davis last year, right? If you were worried about a Jason Kelsey retirement at some point, you know they drafted a center last year. Like they, they think they have two first-round picks this year, so. Uh, the Eagles are well run. I don't think Eagles fans should expect the same kind of offseason as last year to repeat itself because while Jalen Hurts is on a rookie contract, a second-round rookie contract, you know, you can stretch and get A.J. Brown and Hassan Reddick, and those are key pieces. But there are, there's more than one way to build out a roster, and you already still have those kinds of guys. So I, I think the Eagles will stay strong. Look, again, just so everybody knows, The reason I say it's wrong, they'll repeat, is just because no one does. There's no other good reason to think this Eagles team will not stay good. And I do believe if there's an organization that can figure out how to pay the quarterback and still stay competitive, this is one of them.
0: Well, they might not be watching us, but we know the Royals are, right, Dan? All right, so, Bart. That's right. And I'm not watching
1: Hembo either. (laughs) <laughs> well, Harry Roseman one of the best in the business. And when you look at the, you put that list up, you talk about, you know, three of those guys are in their top five as highest paid. When you talk about Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, yeah. and Jason Kelsey, you talk about the two first round draft picks that they have. They can manipulate those, move down, get more depth at that position and be able to, you know, I think it's in the best interest of both sides of, of Jalen Hurts to leave a little cheese on a taco for other people. And I think you do that by doing a Patrick Mahomes type of deal by being able to give him a 10-year deal so that you can always punt and push the credit card bill later down the down the road. When you think about it, maybe time for Fletcher Cox to retire, and you go out and you give that money to Hargrave, who's more in his prime, who, who led him from the interior with 11 sacks. So it's some tough decisions, but that's always the tough part. When you have main stage. you have to say goodbye and graduate some guys out of your program that fans love.
0: Yeah, and, and look, they, they got a couple first-round picks. They'll use some... Uh, They'll they'll, they'll get some resources there. Not only that, it's like, you know, guys like Kelsey might be back on a one-year deal. We'll see what happens to some of the other guys. But, uh, you know, you look at this and you wonder what they're going to do. I still think they can make it back to the Super Bowl. Great front office. What are they worried about? They got the primary pieces together. So, guys, we'll come back to more football in just a second. But in the meantime, hey, let's talk hockey because it's looking good tonight. Devils, Blues tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. ESPN Hockey Night, Devils playing their third game of a four-game road trip in St. Louis against the Blues. Again, that coverage begins 9 Eastern. Well, first takes coming up next. Are the Lakers, the new-look Lakers, a legit title threat? And which team is more likely to get back to the Super Bowl, the Eagles or the Chiefs? First take, Molly, Stephen A., and company next after us. All right, so hey, can you repeat that take you had earlier, on the just so we can clip it? I want to get it clean.
1: Listen, it was called hot damn tape. <laughs> <laughs> I was listen. ESPN does a great job cheese of putting they, putting us out there, and now I got to take the sling and arrows. You welcome, yeah. ESPN. On, there you go, first take. I'm sorry, cheese fans. I'm sorry.